Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys Podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Fletch. How you doing, boy? What's up, my man? How's it going, buddy? I haven't <laughs> talked to you ever. I mean, we played IGL together, but it's good to finally, you know, put a face to that name and that banter. Yeah, yeah, you're the you're the first one in the in the fan tracks community, so it's uh it's a pleasure and I'm looking forward to a, it. It is a special special moment right now. Um oh wait, so you've not even like seen Jacob's face or Ollie's face? No, no, they're just they're just Twitter Twitter uh, handles to me. <laughs> well, you know what? They're they're a lot better than that, surely, right? Um, but you know what? Without further ado, I think let's kick things off with the fan introduction segment. Tell us your name, your Twitter handle, which club you're representing tonight, where you're from, and a, a little bit about yourself. That's a lot. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll use we'll use my nickname. I'm Fletch. Uh, Twitter handles at Funk Fletch. Uh, not all that active. Uh, but I use it quite a bit specifically for fan tracks and, and I guess I'm active in the, in the chats, but I don't know that I have a, a ton of interesting stuff to say. So I don't tweet a ton. Um, trying to get into it a little more, just engaging with, with, you know, people in my leagues and, you know, I think I'm getting to know some people. So, um, I enjoy it. Um, I'm a West Ham supporter, um, have been close to 10 years now, I guess, uh, Started, I guess, in 2014 when I went to London for work. I went to my first Premier League game, uh, and it was West Ham beat Liverpool at the at Upton Park. Um, oh wow! And I yeah, and I just kind of fell in love with with the club and the the environment. I mean, there's there's not a lot of atmospheres like that in any sort of U.S. sporting event. Um, of course, I'm a I'm a fan of the Mets and the Jets and the Knicks. Uh, I'm, I'm from New York originally, so. We don't have a lot of those big wins to uh, to be at, um, but you know it's it's been a good run. They're 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 a club that fits with with my general fandom, um, where they you know tend to tend to disappoint you at times, but but somehow always give you some level of hope, uh, which is kind of where we're at now. Yeah, for sure. So, what do you do exactly <laughs> out in New York? So I live in Boston now. Actually, I grew up in New York, but I work um, I work for an investment manager. Um, okay. Yeah. Nice, lovely. Um, I mean, what a, what a first match to to see the Hammers, right? And what a team to beat. L- l- but be honest, it, you honestly fell in love with those pretty bubbles, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to. And and I I, <laughs> I, I hesitate to say this because I think any real West Ham fan would probably uh, be disappointed, but. Uh, uh, the uh the green street hooligans movie was was another contributing factor i don't know if you've seen it yeah yeah well i think i've seen bits and pieces of it i'll need to rewatch it honestly but definitely it's one of those movies that everybody kind of talks about if if you're into football it tell it like tells a perfect story sort of thing that love story you know um Awesome. All right. So before we get started, I need to do the social plug because I don't know, it's a, it's a thing people do to spread the word, you know, get those listening numbers up. So if you want to engage with us, you want to chat anything Fantrax related, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram at BanterB. We're also on Discord. Our channel number is 6585. We're also on Reddit, u forward slash banter underscore boys. Uh, we post all our podcasts on Anchor.fm and it distributes it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like sometimes we post on SoundCloud, but because 
we are broke ass fucking people and we can't you know afford to keep uh, a lot of files up there we kind of cycle through the soundcloud stuff so if you only see like three four episodes at a time it's honestly just the most recent ones um i'll try to upload them on youtube because we do have a youtube channel banter boys as well um and maybe that'll make things easier moving forward right and we've got a donation page now so if you pity us or you enjoy you know us talking shit for like 45 minutes to an hour send us some money and we just want to continue building the brand and keep making awesome fucking content for this community all right so this is another fan segment podcast um we have a few segments to this we basically run general discussion uh where we talk about the impact of new manager and ownership i don't know if there's too much to talk about that but we'll definitely dive into the previous season performance the new season expectations old assets versus new assets expected formation starting 11 the impact of that five sub and that fucking world cup i mean us is in the world cup so we definitely got to talk about that right fletch <laughs> Hell yeah. um but uh we'll obviously talk fan tracks draft advice right uh fletch's first pick from west ham his next three picks at least one hidden gem and then jump into trading assets right uh let's see if fletch has any secret sauce you know does he look at form fixtures do two for one trades or you know do 10 for one trades who the fuck knows but anyways let's get started fletch is there anything we need to know about any new manager, uh, any new manager ownership stuff? Like maybe backroom stuff? Because Moyes has been around with his boys for a little bit now. Yeah, I think that's been pretty consistent, which which frankly I think is a good thing. Um, it's it, it feels like the first time in a while that there's some stability um, in that regard. And I think, I think to build some sort of long-term success for the club, um, that's kind of what they need. I think they found their guy. He, he's sort of, you know, he's stubborn at times maybe, but he, he believes in, in his approach, his, his formation, his tactics. I think, I think he's been very selective from uh, a transfer perspective. Um, I think some fans would, would prefer that we sort of bring in all these guys that get, you know, that we get linked with, but I think he's intentionally selective. I think last year it hurt us a little bit from a, from a depth perspective with, with some European competition, but I actually kind of yeah. like his approach. Um, outside of that, I mean, the, the, the ownership piece, um, I haven't been around the club to know the full, you know, long enough to know the full sort of history and um, why people have different views. I would say it sounded like everyone is pretty excited about the, the sort of minority investment from, um, I'm forgetting his name now, the Czech uh, billionaire, Kratinsky. Um, and I, I was reading an article about it as I was, as I was getting ready to talk to you and it sounded like there was a lot of quotes from him about, about building something with some sustained level of success as opposed to, you know, trying to, I think he, he recognized some mistakes he had made with his club in, in the Czech Republic. And, and I think he's trying to avoid making those same mistakes here. And I guess there's, there's rumors that long-term he could become a majority owner. Um, so it sounds like, you know, based on what I see on Twitter, I think, I think a lot of people would be excited about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, are there any sort of uh, changes to um, the backroom stuff that you think that might affect the performance of any of the players, like any maybe set piece coach or anything like that? That's a level of depth that I don't have. I know from a <laughs> from a from a player recruitment perspective, I keep reading about Rob Newman, um, who spent I think twelve years at Man City. Um, okay. as, as their sort of head of recruitment. And I think we've already seen that paying dividends, whether it's Skamaka coming in 
or, you know, some of the players we've been linked with this year where, you know, who knows if they come through, but just the the quality of, of players that we're looking at and that are seemingly either close or at least considering joining us, whether it's Kostic, um, which sounds kind of like a, a long shot right now, or Onana yeah. from Lille. Um, you know, I think I personally am excited about, you know, the, the quality of the players we're looking at now relative to a few years ago. Oh, na, 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 na. Wait, isn't that the goalkeeper? No, he's a, a central midfielder. Oh, see, you and I'm not gonna. I'm not. I do. I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend. I'm not gonna pretend to have watched the 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 French league for the last se- a couple of years. But <laughs> in the in the eight minute highlight video I watched, he's he's like he, he looks like a faster version of Declan Rice. Uh, yeah. To me, to me, if they bring him in, that's my expectation is that's you know supposed to be Rice's long term replacement because um, okay. he fair, he looks fair. he looks very similar. He's young. I think he's twenty or twenty one years old. Um, but he kind of looks like a freak out there, which is great. Okay, fair enough. Um, so let's jump into club's previous season performance versus new season's expectations. Uh, so you guys finished seventh, right? Yep. And you also finished in the semifinals of the Conference League. No, the Europa League. The Europa League, right, right, sorry, the actual European competition. My yeah. bad, my bad. Well, the- still, still, a, still an amazing run, right? Um, but having scored 60 goals uh, and conceded 51, how do you feel about last season's performance? Honestly, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I thought, I, I thought they kind of performed maybe at expectation, but it, was, it felt more disappointing because they were. I saw a stat today that they, I think they they spent the fourth most days in the top four of the Premier League. Um, obviously, all that matters is is what happens in the end. But um, you know, they they were up there for for a bit of time. They had a couple nice stretches where they where they beat some of the sort of bigger clubs and um, you know had a lot of momentum. And then obviously the run in the in the Europa League was was awesome to watch. I think you know they performed really well. Um, they never looked outmatched, even in the in the semifinal um, that they lost. Um, but I think I think what caught up with them was was the depth. I I I honestly believe that if if they had a couple of more quality players that Moyes felt comfortable bringing in off the bench or, or rotating in um, during those midweek European games, um, I honestly think they could have they could have pulled off the Europa League or or finished top four in the Prem. I won't say they would have done both, but I it, it would have been really interesting to see how a little bit more depth would have um, would have helped them because they definitely ran out of steam at the end. Um, you could just see it. I think they they focused on the the Europa League, which which made sense. Um, and once they, they were out of that, it just the they just looked like they were out of gas. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys had depth, but maybe not quality depth, right? Yeah. And e- even then, like when you had opportunities to play, like let's say your kids or whatever, I feel like Moyes <coughs> didn't. Like he just kind of, like you said, used and abused the main squad, right? And like you said, ran, ran out of gas. So what are you kind of expecting new season? Because the signings haven't been grand compared to the other clubs, right? Right. Yeah, and I think I mean I think there's still work to be done there, and 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 we'll see if any of them come through. I think th- one of the things I've noticed is they see, and I, I again I don't know how uh, I don't know how transfers work in Europe, but 
Um, it seems like we get hyper focused on on one or two players, and if one of them doesn't come through, we're left scrambling, um, and you almost yeah. you know you're you're kind of up against the clock eventually, and you run out of time. So I've been pleased, I think, thus far. I think Aguirre coming in um, to to pair with Zuma in the back is is going to be exciting. He's ob- he, he's injured, unfortunately. I think he's due back around October. Um, but I think that was a nice and you know early signing, bringing back Ariola um, to have some depth in, uh, at goalkeeper, and, and maybe he'll be our number one. Um, you know, was important, but but not all that exciting, I guess. To to your point, and then you know I think Skamaka coming in, he's he's a little bit of an unknown quantity. You don't know how he's going to translate to the Premier League. I think some of us, myself included, um, you know, are, are will always be worried that he's the you know looks like Halaire out there, and you know I I, I think. <laughs> He, I th- actually think he's a great player. I've watched him play since he left West Ham, and I just don't think he fit their, um, you know, their, their tactics, their approach. Um, but you know, I think um, if we bring in a couple of new guys, you know, if if Kostic changes his mind and decides to join us, this, this Onana guy, another, you know, someone else on the left side, maybe to compete with Cresswell at the left back position um, or a left wing, it. it Suddenly on your bench, you've got Ben Rama or Fornells or even Antonio or Skamaka, which just sounds, and, and Vlasic as well. Um, and I think that's just more of that, quali- a little bit more of that quality depth. I don't think they're far away from having quality depth. I think they just need to commit to those two or three extra signings um, that allows him to rotate for the, you know, for the conference league, which I think they'll probably take a little bit less seriously. Maybe there will be more rotation midweek uh, this season. Um but it, the you know I, I think right now for me the expectation based on the the club as it stands is is similar to last season you know hopefully pushing for to get back to Europe um, a couple of signings and and those expectations I think could and should go higher yeah and I mean have you been following preseason because it hasn't been looking too great towards the end right uh, you guys played seven matches in total uh, had two wins uh, versus Savet I'm gonna butcher fucking names during this podcast listeners I'm sorry but Savet there was a 2-0 win Ipswich there was a 2-1 win but then one all draw to Borumwood, one all draw to Reading a 3-1 loss to Rangers a one all draw to Luton and then a nil nil to Lens. doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence moving into the new season no, certainly not. And I, I, I tend to maybe uh, undervalue the, the preseason. I think there's, you know, you never know what they're kind of working, you know, whether they're working on different tactics. Moyes maybe maybe toy. It sounds like he may be toying with the idea of going going three at the back again, where where they had some success a couple a couple of seasons ago. Um, I thought it actually kind of revived Cresswell's career when he was playing sort of as a left left sided center back. Um, and then they they continue to find success when they went to a to a back four. Um, but I think if you know, depending on who else they bring in, if Kostic comes in, he's perfect for that left wing back role if they're playing a, a back three. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see. But I, I don't put too much I, I don't put too much emphasis on the on the preseason. We'll see. You know, they, they've got a tough start coming up on uh, on Sunday with with Manchester City. For sure. All right. I mean, let's talk about those new signings, right? You keep talking about Kostich. Let's talk talk about maybe players that have been confirmed, right? Uh, I don't think we can go as far back to January 2022. You guys didn't really have anyone that came in. Few people that went out, but I don't think it's anyone fan tracks worthy. So moving uh, straight up to like current summer, uh, the people that left, right? Um, maybe we can touch on whether or not it's an 
massive loss or not, um, uh, and then focus more on the ins, right? So with the outs, Ryan Fredericks, uh, I think he's at Bournemouth now, right? Yeah. You think you're going to miss that level of depth or? No, I think he, I mean, I thought he was a, a quality, you know, relative, you know, pretty good player, I, but, but he's one that's, to me, kind of easily replaceable. I think Ben Johnson sort of covers the, you know, sort of provides cover on both the left and the right back. All right. What about uh, David Martin, the guy that famously kept the clean sheet against us? I think it was his only game or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big that was a big day at the Fletch House. <laughs> what about uh, Mark Noble, legend, absolute fucking legend? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can't replace a guy like that from a from a leadership perspective. I think you know we're lucky to have Declan Rice stepping into that that captain role um who who you know to this point has has you know done everything right as a as a West Ham player I think he's you know I, I think he's one of the best players in the Premier League and I think he's off to bigger and better things at some point so we should kind of enjoy him while we've got him but um you know I think I think his you know I think Noble's presence over the last couple of years with a team that has stayed you know pretty consistent has has sort of provided a foundation um, so hopefully his presence, even though he's not there, kind of lingers on from just from a you know pure leadership and, and camaraderie perspective. Because the the team they they've become really fun to watch and and really easy to root for. I mean, as a fan, you always kind of root for them. But um, you know, it's it's a good group of guys that seem like they're all really committed to um, you know trying to push to the next level, which is what we all want to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, this is a bit of a. I mean, given current. Um, world situation. This one is a bit of a pull on the heartstrings um, name. Uh, Yarmolenko, right? Yeah. Uh, even when he scored, when the, the country was in turmoil, I mean, it was definitely not just for West Ham, but I think a heartwarming moment um, for all football fans. Uh, when he got that goal, you saw the relief on his face and all that. Um, yeah, you want to talk about maybe him leaving the club? Yeah, I just got goosebumps when you reminded me of those. It was really <laughs> two bro, goals, same. one one in the Europa yeah, League yeah, yeah. And, and one in uh, against Villa there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he 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 never quite worked out. I think the way that that we all hoped, and obviously that he would have hoped. I I think he's a I think he's a really talented player. I think similar to Hilaire, maybe just didn't sort of fit within Moyes' system as as well as others, and and um, in some ways maybe never really got a fair shake. Um, you know, a fair shot yeah. to to prove himself. Yeah. I think Antonio kind of became that that striker for us, and and you know, Moyes obviously you know values his work rate, and I think he does do you know even if he's not scoring goals, I think he provides a lot of value. And so, um, you know, it's tough for Yarmo to find find minutes, but you know, when he did, he did seem to make the most of them. I mean, he scored uh, in the in the COVID season. He scored that winner against Chelsea, which was which was big and sort of. Um, you know, keep not necessarily keeping us up, but I think making the end of the season a little more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely going to miss a player of his quality, man. All right. Um, the okay, Sonny Perkins. I don't know who the fuck that is. I'm going to move <laughs> on. <laughs> but uh, Arthur Masuaku, a uh, bit of a cult hero. I mean, he scored that crazy goal against us as well, right? Yeah, and and thoughts and prayers to uh, King Arthur FC there. Um, yeah, listen, you were supposed to be here for the pod. You stopped responding. Fletch had to step in. Sorry, not sorry. I yeah, love you, but you know. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners, you're stuck with me instead of instead of the legend <laughs> King Arthur himself. Um, yeah, he's a he's like a yeah. I think you said it said it well. He's a he's a cult fan favorite. Um, 
he's a talented guy, uh, talented player. Uh, you know, if I, I read something the other day, it's like if you just watched his highlight clips, um, you, you would think he's you know one of the one of the best wingers in the world because he he put together some moves out there on the left wing that um, you know not a lot of, not a lot of other guys can pull off. Um, I think it was I think it was the consistency and and the defensive um, piece of it that sort of made him expendable in Moise's mind, but. We're all going to miss him for sure because uh, he was he was fun when he was out there and and yeah similar to Craig Dawson I guess had that cult following. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now let's kind of talk about the ins. Um, so you can if they're not a fan tracks asset, say a quick note and we can move on to the ones worth talking about, right? Uh, Nayef Aguirre from Rennes. He's obviously a big signing, right? I think he's a big signing from a from a sort of reality perspective from a fantasy perspective um you know he's a cent you know a center back i think he'll he'll get some aerials um you know i think he's he's a quality player i so i think it's a a big boost to the back line um but i think of him similar to the way i think of of kurt zuma who's you know a a a streamable center back that'll that'll get the odd uh that'll get the odd goal uh here and there from a set piece um but not not someone i'm looking to draft Okay, really? You don't you don't think he's gonna start away be a big impact? Cause like the likes of Sufal and Cresswell kind of dropped off his fan tracks assets last season. They did, and and let's not get ahead of ourselves. I think they're they're sort of bounce back candidates, but um, I don't know. I just think within our system, those center backs don't don't produce a ton as as many ghost points as you'd hope, or or as, as would you know enough to make them rosterable. He's also injured. I think he's due back sort of late. It sounds like late October at best, maybe maybe through the World Cup, which is uh, disappointing because I think he was a key signing. Um, but luckily, we've got Craig Dawson back there to to get us to that point. And Albana coming back will be big. But yeah, I, I, you know, he's someone that I'll look to monitor when he does come back. Um, see, you know, see what his performances look like, and, and someone that might be worth picking up. Certainly as a streamer when they've got a, an easy matchup, but. Um, you know, not someone I'm looking to draft. Okay, interesting. Uh, now, Alfonso Ariola. Uh, I think it's a fantastic signing, like, in the fact that it, he's permanent now, right? Um, but do you think he's maybe going to replace Fabianski? Um, I don't know. Um, that one, to me, is, is really a toss-up. Um, and I'd be happy with either. I think Fabianski still has another good year or two in him. Um Ariola, I think, is is definitely the goalkeeper of the future. Um, it's just you know, the jury's still out to see if if the future starts now or or next season. Yeah, fair enough. Um, now Patrick Kelly. Any? He, any he's a, a y- young 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 kid from Northern Ireland, I believe. Um, one okay. for the one okay. for the future, but no 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 one to consider this year. Okay, all right. Um, what about Flynn Downs? Similar, I think you know, defensive, defensive central midfielder, um, younger player. Seems like he's got a lot of uh, a lot of potential. Um, you know, maybe depending on what happens with Onana, but you know, another potential candidate to replace Rice um, in that sort of central defensive midfield role. But again, All one right. one for the future as well. Okay, okay. Now let's end on the big name and big because he's six foot five, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Gianluca Scamacca, what a name! Yeah, he that that was an exciting one. Uh, I think fans were kind of split on him versus uh, versus Broja from uh, from you boys, but um, 
you know, I think I'm excited about him, um, especially because it seems like Moyes is, you know, he was one of Moyes' targets. Um, so I, I think, you know, when, when he identifies someone that he think that he think fits within his system, um, I personally get excited because I think when he's when he's had the opportunity to sign players like that that he um, you know he believes in and think fit the system it it has has shown to work out pretty well. Um, I think it's going to take some time for him to um, you know get used to the to the Premier League, but um, you know I think with Cresswell whipping balls in and and Bowen um, you know he's a big target in the middle. Um, so right off the bat you know he could he could bag some goals that way, and then um, he seems like a talented guy as well, and so hopefully can you know can create and and finish some of those chances that. Antonio uh, famously misses from from time to time. <laughs> so it, it seems like he's not quite ready to start the season, but once he gets going, it sounds like he's going to be nailed. Then that would be my guess. Um, okay, I think I think Antonio can. I, I think people are forgetting too. You know, when when you think about from a fan tracks perspective, people are forgetting that Antonio is is not a striker. Uh, he's yeah, been, he's been yeah, playing that yeah. role, but he's, I mean, he's played, you know, right wing back he's, for us. He's, he's a right back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he's, and he, I, I think he'd be valuable on the wing or even just, you know, almost playing as, as kind of a number 10 in behind Skamaka. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think Antonio's value takes that much of a hit depending on where you think he should be drafted this year. I, I don't think it mm-hmm. takes as much of a hit as people think when, with Skamaka coming in. And I also don't think that it's, one or the other. I don't think they're just going to rotate, um, you know, at the striker position. I think Antonio is going to get minutes elsewhere, assuming he stays healthy. All right. Um, so that kind of rounds off that list. Let's now move into expected formation and starting eleven. How do you think you guys are going to shape up, and who's going to be on that pitch moving forward? I think, um, given Aguero's inju- injury, I think we're probably going to. Uh, basically be rolling out the same sort of formation we did last year with the, you know, four at the back with, with Rice and Socek in at, at sort of the central defensive midfield positions. Bowen's kind of nailed on the, on the right wing. Um, Fornals seems favored um, on the left wing uh, with Antonio up top. And then, you know, either Ben, Ben Rama, Lanzini, sometimes Fornals in, in behind in the number 10 role. Um, but I think there is some flexibility up there, especially now with Skamaka. Um, so I think initially we'll we'll see a pretty similar formation to what we saw last year, um, and similar, frankly, a similar starting eleven. Um, but I think there's a little more room for for flexibility. And then when Aguero comes back again, I keep I keep I think they they've tested it a bit in the preseason going to a three at the back, which um, I think they've had. I think Moyes has had success with them with that with that formation in the past. And I think depending on who they bring in on the left side, if it's Cornet from um, from Burnley or, or Kostic, um, that that could you know be a really effective uh, formation for them, both in terms of sort of shoring up the the defensive side and then also adding some some attacking creativity. So, who are you um, worried about then, uh, like based on like last season and stuff? Who do you think gets affected the most in terms of like taking a fan track's um, value hit in that sense? Unfortunately, it's probably been Rama. Uh, I think yeah. he's. I think he's sort of the first to miss. He he always seemed like the first to miss out. Um, yeah. And I think I think that's sort of further confirmed. I think he's a really talented player. He's fun to watch. Adds a little bit of flair. I think his issue, if he could, if he could figure out, 
and get a little more clinical in the final third, I think he could be a, a fantastic player for us on the left wing or even in that number 10 role. Um, but he just he just hasn't put it all together yet. And and same with Vlasic. I, I think everyone, you know, guys always seem to take, you know, either a half season or a full season to, to sort of figure out Moyes and, and his approach and, and sort of fit into the system. So I think I'm a little, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that he figures it out a little bit this year and, and provides more of that quality depth that we were talking about. But I think with, with Skamaka coming in and potentially another sort of left, left-sided wing player, I think Benrama is the one that, that loses the most minutes and he, you know, he becomes one of those guys that comes in off the bench pretty consistently, but it just makes rostering him in fan tracks a little more difficult. Do you think Skamaka could be like the West Ham's Benteke this season, potentially? I mean... Not because he's fucking tall, but I mean, like, I assume like that would be one of his main roads to points, right? Yeah, I, I think initially that's where he's going to find him, um, and the hope yeah. is that the hope is that he becomes a more sort of well-rounded a- attacker for us. Um, and it seems like, from whatever you know, from what I've seen and read, um, it sounds like he's he's got that in his locker. He just got to you know find some consistency, and and it would be. It would be really nice to have, uh, you know, a, a real striker that, you know, puts up 15, 20 goals a season for us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's now talk about impact of five subs and World Cup. Uh, with the five subs, do you think Moise is going to rotate his boys? I'm going to make that fucking rhyme all podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I think of all the clubs uh, in the Premier League, the five subs probably has the, the, the least amount of impact on West Ham. Uh, given that Moyes seems to seems to go weeks without remembering that he's allowed to make subs, <laughs> so we'll we'll see. I, I, I yeah, I, I honestly don't think it'll change much. I think most of us are probably going to forget uh, that we have the five subs as as an option um, outside of those matches when we're up by a lot or down by a lot. Okay, okay, interesting. And the World Cup, uh, which uh, of your boys are going to the World Cup? So Rice is the obvious one. Um, yeah. I think he's he's young enough and, and fit enough that I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, an impact on him, him long-term from a sort of fan tracks or West Ham season perspective. Bowen's obviously, you know, hopeful um, of getting the call for, for England. It'd be great to see. It was... It was uh, Great to see him get the call up for some of the friendlies um, or whatever the competition was earlier in the summer uh, or at the end of the season. Um, those are the two big ones. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't know where Lanzini sta- stands with Argentina. Um, Italy, obviously, unfortunately, isn't in the World Cup, but I think that's helpful. It gives Skamaka, uh, you know, a, a break, you know, as he starts to get used to the Premier League, just a, an opportunity to reset depending on how things go in the first half. Um and I think, frankly, the World Cup benefits us in some ways. I think Antonio, you know, getting a month off, you know, to, to sort of have another preseason um, will be helpful depending on, you know, I think he avoided injury last year. But um, anytime these guys get off to sort of recover um, is certainly helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, before we move on to the next segment, America in the World Cup, you must be buzzing right uh and even better playing england so i know the bands are going to be flying between you and jacob yeah it's good to be back uh and i'm excited about yeah i'm excited you know last time i mean we weren't in it in uh in 2018 and, and in 2014 i wasn't involved in fan tracks and didn't have sort of that 
that global community of, of football fans to, to sort of banter with. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. I know it's, I think the, the game against England, I want to say, is that the one that's the day after Thanksgiving here in the States? So it's going to be, uh, and they're all, all of the U S matches in the, in the, in the group stage, I think are at 2 PM our time. Um, so they're going to be well watched. Um, you know, I think people get excited it, despite, despite the country not being that into to football, um, that, you know, relative to Europe, Europe and, and South America, I think, you know, when the world cup comes around, people do get excited. So it'll, it'll be fun. So do you not think like with, um, Pulisic moving to Chelsea and now, um, Mitch Marsh? Is that the Leeds coach name? Jesse Marsh. That, did I? Jesse Marsh. I don't yeah. know why I said Mitch Marsh. Who the hell is Mitch Marsh? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a guy that I know here. Anyways, Jesse, right? So with Jesse moving to the EPL, do you not think with that added exposure and attention um, or, you know, connection to the US, is that not going to maybe spark a bit more interest? I think it started. Um, it's just been slow. I mean, I think... It, there's just so many different sports here that, you know, people have to choose from that are kind of ingrained in, in, you know, the culture and sort of just everyday living. It's, it's, um, you know, I think the MLS, the quality of the MLS, um, kind of hurts the, the case for it to grow. I know that there's a ton of premier league fans. Um, and I think for us it being, in, you know, on Saturday, Sunday morning is, is awesome. Um, you know, it kind of leads into the NFL. So you got some, some really great weekends watching the prem in the morning and then the NFL in the afternoon. Um, I don't know that it'll ever catch on the way that it has in Europe, to be honest with you, just, okay. you know, based on again, based, you know, the NFL is, is, is King right now here and, and we'll, you know, I, yeah. I don't see that changing. Um, you know, baseball, I think has kind of lost its, uh, you know, lost its way a little bit in terms of, of bringing in sort of newer and younger fans, um, yeah, so there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of an opportunity there. And I think, again, I think there are a lot of, you know, people are really into the Premier League here um, and some of the other, you know, La Liga and some of the other European leagues and and certainly the, the sort of World Cup and, and other European competitions. But um, it's just it it's not appointment television the way that that some of the other sports are when the U.S. is playing outside of the, you know, the World Cup is, is the exception. I think, you know, the bars are packed, um, you know, a lot of flags and, and scarves walking around so um you know it gets exciting it's just it's just not i was in i was in london for the semi-finals of the last world cup and and i've never seen okay. anything i've never seen anything like that here you know i think yeah, even, even yeah, when yeah. the bars are packed there's just a different it's just a you know there the, there's just a the different vibe is elect- different yeah yeah it's it's yeah. there's an electricity there for sure um well i mean you just have to move to the uk right because i'm sure getting up early for games isn't easy either <laughs> yeah well my dog wakes me up right on time to check the lineups for the for the seven for oh the that's new, perfect for, for, the, for the noon kickoff yeah he he makes sure that that i check to to see who's in the lineup Oh, gotta gotta get that dog some extra doggy treats, man. <laughs> All right, um, let's move on to now the fan favorite segment, the draft portion, right? Um, this is gonna be an interesting one because I don't think this is as obvious as for some of the other clubs. But who's the first pick from West Ham? To me, it's still that it's still relatively obvious with Bowen. Um, okay, I think okay. people are worried about a little bit of a drop off from last year. Um, I think he outperformed his sort of expected assists. Um, 
by by a decent margin. And so I think people are expecting some regression. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't put up the ghost points that you'd want out of you know I think last year he finished in, among the top ten players in, in total fantasy points, but yeah he he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. certainly doesn't put up the ghost points you would want from a from a first round pick. Um, and frankly, I'm on the fence even in the second round. There's kind of a no man's land in the second round this year, I think, where if he fell to me, I would I would probably take him. Um, yeah. But he's he's not one of those early second rounders, you know, when you're looking at guys that might fall out of the first round, like a like a Madison or Bruno or Sterling or Jesus. Um, so I to me, he's he's, you know, a really great pick at a, at a late second round spot. Um, and I do think I, I think he's going to produce a similar number of goals. I think the assists will come and, and, and frankly, some of those sort of fantasy assists um, are the result of, of the work that he's doing out on the wing when he gets into the box and, and gets fouled. Um, so, I, you know, I think to an extent it's repeatable, just maybe not. Um, maybe not. I think he was at 13 and a half points per start last year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, tw- uh, depends on the scoring that you use. I think twelve and a half is what I'm seeing, sitting seventh overall. But that's because like Mane has left, right? I don't know if there's any other player that would have left. I mean, I should be better at this, given that we fucking pot about this shit all the time. But yeah, like top ten, like you said, right? So still, the quality is there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I to me, like a, a sh- sure thing, late second round pick for me. Middle of second round, it depends who's there. Okay, well, maybe the first pick was obvious, but surely the next three are a bit harder, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends what what your view is on on the impact of Skamaka coming in on Antonio. Um, you know, I, to to me, I think I took Antonio the other day in the fourth or fifth round. I think it was the fifth okay. round, and I and okay. I and I felt really good about it at that spot just because the upside is still there, and I I also, as I said earlier, I I think. I think there's there's a spot for him in the lineup, whether he's starting at striker or not. Um, and yeah. I think he can put up points. I mean, I think about that that stretch that he and he and Arnautovic had a couple of years ago, where he was kind of playing on the wing um, to an extent, or, or even two up two up top. Um, so I think he's going to be he's going to return that value if you get him in the fifth, fifth round this year. Would be my yeah. guess. Again, that's assuming he stays healthy. And I think the other thing that Skamaka provides is the ability to rotate Antonio out and let him rest from from time to time so hopefully he's able to you know start 30 to 32 matches um for us and in the fifth round that's a guy that I would I would target for sure okay um who's your next out of the three so that's where I get this is where it gets a little tricky um I would my hope is that it's Skamaka that is is either the second or third um you know, highest sort of point getter at the end of the season yeah. or, or third most valuable anyway. Um, I think Socek could could see a little bit of a bounce back um, if he adds even just a couple of goals uh, back from the previous season. Um, I think his his stats would look much better. I think Rice Rice took on a little bit more of an attacking role last year relative to the year prior, which which is why Socek kind of underperformed. Um, but I, I think he neither he was one of the guys that just looked – I think I don't know how many matches he started last year, but it you know outside of I think a red card suspension, he he started almost every every Premier League match, um, and he was just dead at the end of the year. So, to the extent that that Downs can step in and and spell him um, a couple of weeks or even in the midweek, if Onana comes in, um, you know even better, 
Um, <clears throat> but I think he could be in for a little bit of a bounce back. And then it, it starts to depend on your roster construction too. Like Declan Rice is, a, is I think he had eight plus pretty consistent in that sort of eight plus points per start last year. Obviously a guy that is, is the most nailed on, on player on the team. Um, but you know, it really depends on how the rest of your, I think you need to have a, a few, a number of high upside guys that can win you weeks if you're, and, and he provides some stability that can be valuable, but it really depends on, on how you build your team. Okay. And the final of the three. Uh, I feel like I've talked about six, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I had to guess for the end of the year, I'd say Bowen, Antonio, Skamaka in that order in terms of total okay. points. Um, then Socek and Rice kind of tied in behind them. And then okay. after that, you're probably hoping for a bounce back from, um, you got Fournal. I, I describe Fournal as, I guess, similar to Rice in, 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 mm. depending on your roster, a guy that's going to consistently get you, you know, eight to 10 points. Um, and if that excites you or if that sort of provides that stability in your lineup, then it, you know, he could be worth rostering. Um, and then past that, you're kind of hoping for, uh, and maybe this is, is getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit from a, from a hidden gem perspective, but I think Cresswell, Cresswell or Sofal, if not both are, are definitely due for a rebound. Um, Sofal, I think was more injured last year than, than people, um, realized and, and Cresswell, if he can, you know, get Socek on the end of some of those set pieces and, and Zuma and, and Aguerd when he comes back and, and obviously Skamaka, um, those assist numbers could go up again and he could be a, you know, a, a value pick in the sort of later rounds. Yeah. Okay. So now with the assets that you've mentioned, can you quickly run through which rounds you'd kind of grab these guys at or what you'd recommend maybe? Yeah. So I think Bowen for me, I start to think about in in the middle of the second round. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would jump on him in the late second, and and if somehow he falls to the third, it'd be a no brainer for me. Um, yeah. Antonio, um, it's a tough one because I I don't know for sure how things you know how the, what the formation is going to look like, how much he's going to be rotated with Skamaka. It kind of depends on on how um, Skamaka fits in and and how quickly he gets up to speed. But um, yeah. he's a He's a start to be a consideration in the fourth. Um, I took him in the fifth, which I, I felt good about, um, given the other options at the time. Um, Socek is probably more of a eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth round player for okay. me. Um, and then the rest are kind of in that again. It starts to depend on roster construction. If I wanted a guy with higher upside, I'd be I'd be maybe going a little early on Cresswell or Sofal in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round. Um, yeah. if I wanted that stability, I, you know, take a rice, Th- those guys tend to go earlier than, than I would, um, that I would draft them. So they, they haven't been on many of my rosters yet this year. Okay. All right. Um, no, I know you've talked a lot of, about a, like a lot of assets, right? But do you have any hidden gems up your sleeve? Uh, if Kostic comes in. <laughs> yeah. 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 So kind of keep an eye on that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then, okay. yeah, I think, I mean, the, the the starting 11 as it stands right now is so predictable that I don't know that there's there's not a guy that's been, you know, perfor- I mean, Vlasic, I guess, would be the potential true hidden gem. If he yeah. 
if you see him come off the bench in the first couple of game weeks and and you know puts up an assist or, or bags a goal or, or puts up some you know some ghost points in you know a twenty minute cameo, um, yeah. and it seems like he might get a get a shout in that number ten role or or even out on the left left wing, um, I might pick him up um, just because I do think they're going to have a pretty a relatively potent attack this year, similar to last year, maybe slightly better. Um, so I want to, you know, I want pieces of that when they're, when they're nailed on starters. And if he starts to trend that way, that could be the hidden gem. Yeah. Okay. Good shout. Um, any other players or should we move on to the final segment then? I think that covers the, the guys I expect to be there. All right. So trading assets, Fletch, do you look at form? Do you look at fixtures? Do you look for two for one trades? Do you talk to Jacob? <laughs> what's your secret sauce uh right now my secret is is pretty much trying to figure out who in my league who who each each other guy in my league supports and uh and and figuring out a way to maybe uh get a little more value out of a player on a team that they support um yeah the other thing i've been doing that i've, I've been noticing I, I haven't pulled off a trade yet is that you know there's there's guys like and it, it kind of changed with the news today of kukurea going to to chelsea but like yeah uh, and i and, and you know more than me about marcos alonso's status but if you can grab him in the 16th round essentially and yeah and chillwell gets hurt or he's not quite ready to to start every week you've got a you know 12 point per start 12 13 point per start player in alonso so i i found myself picking them up to see what happens in the first week or two and if yeah. and and i guess the hope is that the player that has chillwell um you know, gets nervous and, and might want to trade for Alonzo for something that, you know, that can be, you know, key for your lineup. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of others. Malasia, I don't know how to pronounce it. The, the, uh, <laughs> the United uh, guy left back for United. Yeah. He's yeah. another one yeah, that yeah, I've been yeah. thinking about from that perspective. So just trying to try, you know, seeing, seeing when those other guys go. So after you, Luke Shaw gets picked inevitably kind of yeah. late, I'll pick up Malasia and then, you know, try to try to throw a trade out there. But it's always tough to trade after the draft. Cause you're like, you kind of, you get excited. You drafted the guys for a reason. So you're not necessarily yeah. looking to trade them out. Um, yeah. and I can talk myself into anyone on my lineup being the next, uh, Mo Salah. So, <laughs> all right um that's i mean before we sign off what's the best trade you've done or worst trade the <laughs> uh the worst trade i well, i've done was i forget who i even got back but that's that's telling i traded rafinha last year after i think i tra- did i trade him to jacob i think you did Am I? Is it you that I'm supposed to be pissed at because jacob had way too many good trades man <laughs> i was i was one of them uh, I think I traded. Actually, you know what? It wasn't that. I think I traded him for Mares and Socek. Okay. Okay. So it, if Socek had a better season, it would have worked out. But I gave up yeah. on him way too early. That was a that was a big mistake. I can tell you about a the 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 most talked about trade in our in our home league was two seasons ago. We had a guy trade De Bruyne for Pedro Neto and uh, Trossard. And and keep it. So this was this was before Neto got injured, uh, and there was we, I mean there was a lot of talk of of kicking people out of the league, of vetoing it. It it was very oh, wow. con- it was a very contentious. Yeah, 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 yeah. The group the group chat was was firing twenty four seven, and it, in hindsight, it wasn't that terrible because Net remember Neto had a great season that year. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it was, I mean, on paper it was insane, and it 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 created quite the controversy in the league. I wasn't right, involved. Fair <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, I mean, that's all we had planned to talk about. That's everything for the pod. Fletch, it's been awesome to, to finally catch up, man. Uh, talk to you in person, you know. Um, I know you were a little shy. You were a little nervous about this recording, but you fucking smashed it, bro. Yeah, I'm we'll sure see. you're going to get raving reviews from <laughs> both Ollie, Jacob, and even the fucking community. Honestly, it's, it's been a pleasure. Do you have anything you want to kind of sign off final words for managers that are playing fan tracks for the first time or even experienced ones? Uh... Talk to more of your friends that play OFPL and and convert them to fan tracks because it's it's, <laughs> it's a much better scoring system and you don't spend all your time trying to predict lineups before you know three days before a match is, is about to happen. Uh, it's great for active managers. It's a good community. I was saying this the other day in one of the group chats. Like it's it it's just there's not a lot of negativity. Um, it's it's. You know, I, I think people give each other a hard time, but it's all in good fun. There's a lot of good banter. A lot of, you know, I've met a lot of good people even even just on Twitter, you know, and, and hope to meet them in person. Hopefully one day I'll get over to London and, and we can go to a match together. Uh, we'll 100%. Get, we'll get Jake yeah, Benali yeah, yeah. involved and uh, have a few pints. Man, my brother-in-law is a West Ham fan. Uh, his dad's a West Ham fan. So West Ham has a special place in my heart. So I would definitely be down for that game. We should definitely do it. Yeah, we'll have to look at the schedule. All right, let's do it. You, you, okay, work, you anyway. work on the tickets, my friend. You, <laughs> I will. You, use definitely. some of that money that everyone's going to donate after this episode. <laughs> and just buy you the tickets. Yeah, yeah, that sounds perfect. <laughs> That's what it's for, right? Exactly. To, to uh, fund Fletcher's um, fantasy... Uh, there was another f word that i had here <laughs> shit i should have i should have worked on this anyways um listeners uh thank you so much for tuning in uh i think our next episode is going to be leads we're almost there we've almost got all our 20 i think we still got two more after this um we're doing our best to get them but it's hard it's a little tough but hopefully we get everything out before the season starts good luck with your drafts if you need any help you need any advice Hit us up. If you have West Ham questions, hit Fletch up, right? He clearly knows what the fuck he's talking about. So, yeah, Fletch, um, I will hit you up when I do. Um, until then, peace. <laughs>